morning, good day, or good evening, whatever time you listen to this podcast. Thank you for joining Everyday Strong Podcast with your host, C.B. Baker. Um, we got a great one today. It's more or less a part two to our last podcast that we had. Um, i like to apologize first off. Um, I went on vacation. And so uh, I just told Pastor, I was like, well, I'm going on vacation. So... You know, we're going to have to pick this up when I get back. I had a wonderful time for the people that know. Thank you for your prayers of safe travel. Um, now, without further ado, I'm going to welcome to the podcast, Dr. Michael G. Daniels. Uh, g- good morning. And as you say, good afternoon and good evening to all those that are out there, depending on the time that you're listening. Uh, it's always great to be here and it's always wonderful to be able to discuss those issues that are pertinent uh, in, in today's world. And, and uh, I think, um, as you pointed out, uh, uh, today's topic, I think, is one that will certainly bring some insight into a lot of folk. But it's like anything else, you know, it's only useful if you're willing to take it in. That's right. Now, the topic today, which is, more, like we said, more or less a part two, um, is really how to keep a relationship thriving or to the, the, the flame pasta is it ain't it ain't burning blue hot no more. Mm-hmm. We're, we're at a low little flame and a, a little gust of wind, even with it on gas, with right. gas could blow it out. And we recognize that. Mm hmm. How what's some of the things that we can do to make sure that we pump some more gas into it and and get the flame back burning? Not necessarily blue hot, but at Mm -hmm. least red enough to where we know it's not going to blow out on a a gust of wind. Well, you know, I I think that um, for for most relationships, you know, we kind of put them on autopilot after a while. And I think that's a huge mistake. The other thing is, is that most people um, fail to really listen and to observe what their partner need, what their partners really desire. Uh, We have a tendency to always assume that we already know. And so people will actually hear you say something, but yet give you something different than what you said. You know, they'll give you what they think you want or they'll give you uh, uh, what you may have smiled about 10 years ago, as if what made you smile 10 years ago will make you smile now. Uh, and so I think, you know, that's 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 a big that's a big problem. And so we get to the point where we stop appreciating people. And, you know, I think that for most folk, what they really want is to be appreciated. What they really want is to feel like I matter in your life and that I am special in your life. And so sometimes it's the little things that we used to rave about that a person did for us. Now we stop doing that. And once you stop doing it, you know, people stop putting it all in it. And so then you feel kind of melancholy and things kind of die out. You know, experimentation really goes out the door. Yeah, I've experienced that, too, um, with Flowers, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, you get flowers and then you don't really get the reaction that you was looking for. So you'd be like, well, apparently she don't like flowers. Mm-hmm. So then you then you stop giving flowers. And then all of a sudden in the co- random conversations like, you know, I like flowers. How come you don't give me flowers? And then you're like, well, wait a minute. You, I, I gave you flowers before and, mm-hmm. and you, you know, after a while you start taking it for granted. And then you stop reacting to it, but then that's it, right. you know. But then you come back later on when there's an issue, 
and say, well, why don't you give me flowers anymore? Mm-hmm. So it go, kind of goes back to what you were saying in the earlier podcast, which is communication is really is truly the key to a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And, 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 the, and the, the acceptance of the communication. You know, I can't tell you how many times when I'm uh, counseling uh, individuals where um, the, the one person would have said something, you know, countless number of times, but the other person won't believe it. And that always boggles my mind why you don't believe what a person says they need from you. But as if a person, they'll blow it off, you know, like that ain't that's not really true. Or like if you say someone says they're frustrated or they're upset or that you don't you don't really mean that. You know, when, mm-hmm. yes, they do really mean that, you, you know, you may not understand that they mean it, but they do. And if just because you don't think it should frustrate them, doesn't mean it doesn't frustrate them. So, you know, I think that, you know, that becomes a, a huge issue. So, you know, in that communication, it's also about being receptive. You know, you got to be a good sender and a good receiver. So if someone is sending, you know, you have to be a good receiver of the information. And, you know, one of the things that I think uh, is, is truly uh, problematic, and I know some of the ladies, you know, may, you know, get a little warm when I say it this way, is that if you look at most talk shows, if you look at, uh, if you read most books, what you always get is what a man needs to do to make the woman happy. You know, that's what you get. that's, That's the primary focus. That's how it always goes. And so from that, you, you know, it, it's almost as if um, it becomes a one sided initiative. You know, you know, for example, um, I hear people say things like this. Happy wife, happy life. Yes. As if that's a reality, you know, and that's not true. <laughs> you know, just because you make your wife happy don't mean you will be happy. In fact, you could be miserable. You know, and she'll be the only one in the relationship happy because just because she's happy don't mean she will do what's necessary to make you happy. Now, I'm not saying she can't, but oftentimes or it could be because she doesn't really know. And she may think that since you're making her happy, that it means you are happy. Right. I I, I tend to agree with that. But now, is it the man's responsibility in a relationship to make sure that we're communicating to our wife that certain things that we appreciate and need, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily want, but need, and you know, to be able to be happy, that, that baseline foundation. Right. So you know, I think that most men, and again, this is a generalized statement. I think that most men have low expectations for their wives. Wow. I, I really do. I think they have low expectations. And most wives have high expectations for their husbands. Why is that? Uh, again, I, I just think it's a cultural, a cultural thing, even though they say it, you know, you know, a woman's work is never done, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but really, that's not necessarily the case. OK, and here's what I'm well, and the point I'm making to you. All right. The average man only wants uh, two things from a woman. He wants her sexually and he wants her to manage the house. And that's it. You know, if you come home and the food is done and the house is reasonably clean and she's intimate with you whenever, you know, you, you know, the, the, the need arises, there isn't a headache, there isn't a tie because of the kids. And then you're just as happy as you can be. But that's not the same when you flip the script. You know, a, a woman wants you to be more than just a provider. She wants right. you to be more than just a protector. She wants you to be more than a couple of things. You know, she wants you to be a great listener. You know, she, you know, and half the time we don't care if our wives don't hear us. 
you know, you're watching the game. You don't care if you don't listen to you. She wants you to be, to expose a feminine side. She wants you to be, you know, these kind of things. She wants you to understand her emotions. She wants you to understand her actions. She wants you to understand those unwritten cues, you know, those things when she just say, you ought to know me by now. You know, all those kind of things. Uh, she wants you to be able to put up with her family members, but yet she doesn't necessarily want to put up with your family members. You know, all those things come into play. So I'm saying the, the expectation is higher in reality. And this is from my counseling. I get this. The expectation is higher from the woman for what she expects from the man, what the man expects for the woman. So I think a part of it is, is that somehow both parties have to understand the reality of that. And I think that it would do relationships well if the woman really looked at what am I expecting from you and what am I doing to meet the expectations you have for me? Now, what's funny about this is I've noticed that when men propose, Mm -hmm. it's usually in in the the court and state is what can you do for the man? Mm-hmm. And in the second you say the words, I do, it feels like everything gets flipped. Mm-hmm. Like the man has said, okay, you're, you're able to provide everything that I I want. But then the female did not necessarily, lack of a better word, train you or get you to understand what she wants. But then after you say I do, the list goes from two to three things down to 15. And that catches a lot of men off guard and like, and they are like, well, what happened? Right. Well, see, I, I think that um, oftentimes um, you will never get from the average woman um, everything she wants from you in the beginning stages because she didn't want to f- frighten you off. You know, like, for example, a woman isn't going to say to you right out the bat, hey, listen, I'm marrying you because I think you can buy me a big house. You know, I'm marrying you because I think that by the time we're 45, I don't have to work anymore. You know, but that might be in her mind, but that's not what she's going to say to you. Now, if you don't fulfill those expectations, that's why I say our expectations are different. Her expectations are normally greater than, you know, ours. For example, if I marry a woman that has a GED. I don't expect her to do, do anything but have a GED. I don't right. expect that in four years she's going to go to college and get a degree and, you know, get this fantastic job. If she was a waitress when I married her, I'm comfortable if she's a waitress the rest of her life. I mean, right. Because that's, that's my expectation. If a woman marries the average man and he has a GED, that's not what she expects him to stay at. See, her expectation is that down the road, he's going to be able to get a fantastic job. He's going to be able to put her in his great big house because she's going to start comparing herself to the other women that she works with who right. may have a college degree man, but she didn't marry a college degree man. Or or marrying on potential. Right, right. Yeah. And, and that's what women do oftentimes. The other thing is. And again, I'm just going by my counseling with, with, with couples is that the average woman will say, well, he has good potential or he right. has great potential. Uh, but that's kind of like um, uh, electricity has great potential. <laughs> right. You know, but if <laughs> if you don't pay the bill, right. they don't send the electricity to your house. Okay, right. It's just that it's simple. It's the same thing with anybody. No matter how much potential I have, that don't mean I can realize 
that potential, nor does it mean I want to realize that potential. You know, and and then and who's to determine if I really have that potential in the first place? Right. You know, and I, this is one of the things that I, I I look at. I oftentimes, for example, uh, hear people say things like this: "There is an extreme amount of intelligence incarcerated," mm-hmm. saying that you know. Oftentimes, and I'm not trying to knock people who are incarcerated, but they, they, they talk as if that people who are incarcerated, you know, should have PhDs or they have the same intellect and this kind of thing. That's not true. You know, they may have the potential to get it, but I say may, and I right. stress the term may. Just because a person knows how to break in my house and just because they know how to, uh, let's say, uh, sell drugs. That doesn't mean that they have great organizational skills. Right. It, it just doesn't. But that's what, how we look at it. So a woman, for example, and and I'm uh, oftentimes I am faced with women who who do, you know, meet guys who are incarcerated when they meet them and say to me, "But pastor, they have great potential. They may. I don't. I can't say if they do or don't. All I know is they normally cry two years later because they find out the guy didn't live up to that great potential. Right. So the question is, did they really have it? <laughs> Right. That, that, and it, I always felt like potential was very dangerous, the word itself, mm-hmm. because it works well for people that are like uh, teenagers. Right. And, and young adults. You know, you have great potential you, know, you can do great things. Mm-hmm. But then I, and I always tell people this. I said, once you hit 30, there's no more potential. Right. It's time. It's time to start producing something, mm-hmm. you know. And and I'm pushing forward now. At forty, you need to be having some results, you know. Right. <laughs> so, and, and you've probably realized your greatest potential. I mean, there may be a few other things that may happen in your life, but, right? But chances are, at that point, you know, your your IQ is not going to increase. You know what? Oh, you know, you you 25 years old. You're not going to gain 10 points on your IQ by the time you get to 30, right? You, you know, that's just not going to happen. In fact. Your mental acuity is going to start to go down as you age. It's not going to go up. So, I, I, and again, that's why I'm just saying that I think the expectations are different for men and women. And so I think what women have to do if they really want to have long lasting, happy relationships is to try to understand what that uh, man really needs from them uh, in a realistic way and not in a fairy tale way. Right. Now, now I wrote a little note here. Um, should men or and, and women play to their strengths for his inner relationship? So therefore, like, 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 say, for instance, myself, I'm not a handyman. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, you've heard me say, if you see me with a drill, <laughs> I'm, I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. OK, so don't ask me and my wife understands. Don't ask me to fix the sink. Or to do something, she asked me to paint the house, and mm-hmm. I end up picking the wrong paint. I, it's mm-hmm. just, I'm, it's just not me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so should uh, women understand their man when and their strengths? Like, don't give him something in his weakness and then expect it to be perfect, and then jump down his throat when it's not perfect, and a- vice versa. Right. A- absolutely, and that, and that's uh, what you said is a key point, and that's the point I'm stressing. Is the, and I say the expectation, right? Because the average woman expects that the man knows how to change the tire. 
Right. You know, that the man knows how to get the car running again. The man knows how to fix the hot water heater. The man knows those kind of things. But that's not true. <laughs> Just because you are a man, there's, there's no plug that happens when you, you know, when, once the chromosomes hit and, 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 and you're a man, <laughs> that, that DNA says, now you know how to fix things. That, right. that, that's not the way the world works. That's not the way human anatomy works. But the expectation is there. And so if you don't do that, you know, then someone's upset because you can't do it or you didn't do it. And why don't you do it? You know, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Uh, And and, and it works both ways, you know, I guess. But I I guess what I'm saying, too, is that I think because our expectations are not as great as our, our, you know, the woman's expectation, um, we don't penalize as much for it. You know, I mean, again, think about it. What 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 do we expect a woman to do that's not a strength? Yeah. You know, I see that's what I'm saying. It's nothing. It's, it's, but what is, I, I, I take it back. One. It's only one thing. You may expect her to cook. Right. That's what I was going that's that's what what I was gonna go. You may expect her to cook, that's not a strength, right? But even so, most men, man, not all men, but most men, their palate adjusts to how you cook. Yeah. So you know, you don't have to be the greatest cook. As a matter of fact, and I say this and hopefully I don't hurt anybody's feeling, but oftentimes people will tell me. Pastor, I'm a great cook. I'm a great cook. And they'll bring me something that they have taste, they've made. And I'm thinking, no, baby, you're not a great cook. Right. <laughs> you know, right. or, 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 or the, the children will say, my mama the best cook in the world. You know, and I'm thinking, no, your mama's not the best cook in the world. But you, you, you develop your taste buds based on what someone has fed you. Right. And so if your wife can't cook, if you keep eating the food, you're going to think it tastes good because yeah. that's where your taste buds will go. Uh, so, but, you, but you're right. You know, everybody is not a great cook, you know. But, but you know, the thing, now, and men are guilty of this, too. If you're dating a woman and y'all always go not to eat. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the house, and then she ain't really cooking a whole lot. And then all of a sudden, you expect to get married. You're supposed to, you're supposed to get this seven-course meal laid out for you. Mm-hmm. Not every day. Let's say the Sunday dinner, mm-hmm. like Big Mama used to do you know, back in the right, day. Right. And you and you looking at her like, what? where's the Sunday dinner at? But she's never, at no point in the history of y'all being together, has done that. Right. Or Thanksgiving dinner come up and you wonder why she's saying, let's, what about going to corral? Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, go sure. to corral's over. So you can't, you have, like you said, those expectations, but let's be real. And it's sitting in front of you, but people tend to want to see what mm-hmm. they want to see. Sure. You know, it's, it's usually there, but for whatever reason, and men, I've known plenty of men that'll do it. And then those, they may use it as an excuse to go back to a previous podcast mm-hmm. to step out mm-hmm. or, the gateway to where we were talking about where the woman's cooking the spare ribs mm-hmm. and, and bringing it to you, oh, these spare ribs are good. Now, it's going to be detrimental to the relationship if the woman who's bringing you the spare ribs at work or wherever mm-hmm. is tasting good and you go home and the food is just horrible. Right, right. You know, this scenarios that happen like that. So what can we do, Pastor, in a scenario like that other than turning down the spare ribs, is there any other way that we can handle that situation? Well, I I think the solution are extremely simple. Okay, and, and, and based on what you the, the scenario you just described, for example, let's just say that um, the woman that I'm married to cannot follow 
written directions. So here's the, you know, ingredients. Here's, you know, everything's written, you know, down about how to prepare this food. But she just cannot do it for whatever reason. And, and, and I, I can I can I can buy that. That's a possibility. She can't do that. Now, however, see, the issue is also whether or not you bring me the food or whether or not you cook it yourself. So the woman can always go to the store, mm-hmm. buy the ribs, and then just cook the vegetables, right. you know, to taste. And there's, there's more than one way to skin the cat. Right. So she could always use that as a methodology to making sure that, you know, on some occasions, you know, there's a nice meal. You, you can buy the turkey if you can't cook the turkey. You can buy it already cooked and then right. prepare the fixing. There's stovetop stuffing. That's just a matter of putting water in it and letting it fluff up, you know, after you put some heat to it. So there are other ways to get around that. And, and the same thing for the man. Let's say if my wife expects me to change the tire, right? Yeah, okay, but I just can't change the tire. Well, that's what AAA is for, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I buy AAA, uh, you know, I get a AAA membership, I should say, and I make sure both of us have that, you know, that, that joint membership. And when something goes down, I may not can change the tire, but I can go out there and wait for the AAA guy to come and make sure the tire gets changed and then come back in the house and say, baby, it's all taken care of. So I'm saying there are ways to accomplish that that oftentimes we just don't do, but it doesn't mean it can't be done. And it's really simple. It's just that, uh, again, uh, I think that we just, our expectations for some of, for whatever reason, are not always dealt with in, in a fashion that uh, brings joy to the other party because um, we just don't listen. I guess that's what I'm thinking. We just, oh, we listen. We just always think we know the answer. I should say it that yeah. way. And as far as like keeping the relationship strong, I, I, I really see where you're going with this. It's really you You have to make sure that you're listening. And and listening is more than just ears. It's by sight too. The body right. language that's going on. And you mentioned earlier, how men in general will just, okay, they come home, you know, all this one watch TV, watch the game, and not really paying that much attention to what's going on in their surroundings. Mm-hmm. You know, so if the house isn't clean, he's like, why the house ain't clean? But he ain't noticed for the past month that she, you know, his wife's been moping, not necessarily feeling really, you know, confident in herself mm-hmm. and or may have something's going on at work. But mm-hmm. if you're not there to ask the question, like, are you OK? You know, mm-hmm. what's going on? And then not only just doing that, which is a good step. Mm-hmm. But the next step is listening <laughs> to what is being said and understand, you know, sure. understanding her and say, OK, I now understand what's going on. Or, you know, say you're going to school to get a little overwhelmed with the mm-hmm. you know things around the house where well, I could pick up, you know, around here and do certain things like that. Now, the question I got for you, Pastor is I've been told by a lot of men, old school players, um, that would say, you know what? Don't pick up anything around the house because once you do it, you're stuck there forever. Even if you're just doing it for a little bit, mm-hmm. help out. Once you start doing it, it's going to always be expected that you do it. Because it, right. they say, they I'm mm-hmm. gonna be be perfectly clear. Not mm-hmm. CB. Right. They say that um, you're always expected to do that, and then you can't go back from doing it. Then they will get upset when you stop doing it. Well, I can tell you that my father said to me, "Don't start anything you're not willing to keep doing." Man, point blank, he said, "Because if you start cooking, 
They're going to expect you to cook. If you start sweeping the floor, they will expect you to keep sweeping the floor. Point blank. And that's what he said. He was absolutely right. <laughs> right. And, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's just the reality. You know, he was absolutely right. And, and that's what I said, you know, in, you know, early, early, early on is that the expectations, I think, uh, is what cause us these problems. Because let's say I do clean up around the house and we start, you know, doing that right now. Does my wife um, is she eternally thankful that I'm doing that or does that become something that she expects me to do? And so if she's always making me feel appreciative for doing it, I might continue helping her. But if it becomes routine, so therefore when I do it, I get, you know, no indication that she thinks I'm going above and beyond the normal call of duty, then I'm going to be agitated because I'm thinking, why am I helping you out? And I'm not getting anything that suggests you appreciate what I'm doing, you know, that kind of thing. So and, and, and it works. It works both ways, you know, admittedly. But, but that's why I'm saying that. The expectations go a long way in how we react to, you know, to, to whoever it is we're dealing with and, and, and what causes it sometimes the relationship to go down. You know, you mentioned about the, you know, if I'm always taking my, my, my if I'm dating and I'm always taking her out to dinner, then we get married and she's not cooking. Again, that's an expectation because when you're dating, let's face it, what does the woman expect you to do? That's right. She expects you to take her out to dinner. Right. <laughs> she's not expecting on that date for you to go say, well, hey, better way, baby, I want to, you know, let's go, let's Friday night. Can we get together? And then, yeah, I would love to get together. What, what we going to do? Well, I'm going to come to your house and, you know, you cook the fried chicken and you cook the, you know, right. that's not what she's expecting. She's expecting you to wine and dine her per se, you know. And so because she's expecting that, that's what you give her. So but the issue is, does she really think that just because I'm doing that during the dating cycle, that that's what you're going to get when I marry you? Right. You know, uh, but again, even though I'm saying she shouldn't expect that, that's what's expected. So now as the guy, I am a little warm when after we get married, I don't get the nice Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. I, you right. know, I don't get the nice meal because in my mind, why would you think that, you know, you should not have, you know, you should not be called upon to do these kinds of things just because I did it when I was dating you, right. you know, because the same thing applies. I, I look at dating simply like this. Dating is like applying for a job. It's just applying for a job. You don't apply for a job and tell the supervisor, by the way, I come to work late at least twice a week. You know, <laughs> right, I right. take long breaks. That's not what you do. Right. You, you, you always put that best foot forward. So our expectation should be that when the person is dating me, they are giving me their best now. Not I'm going to get their best after we get married. Exactly. <laughs> because that's when the best is in the dating cycle. So if when you're dating, you're not satisfied, you've wasted your time to move beyond that point. Yeah. And so you should expect it to decrease and not increase. So that goes back to what we're talking about, too, about people that were shacking up or and um, dealing with premarital sex and test driving the car, what we had talked about. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to get any better. No. no. So you, if you're sitting around waiting for a perfect time, I'm me personally, I say six months to a year at tops. You know, you 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 should know what you have in six months to a year, whether or not this is marriage material or not. And if you're saying, uh, at that point, cut it loose. 
or cut him loose because yeah. somebody else out there is may be ready for a person like that if you're right. not ready for it in the potential engagement or mm-hmm. not even get to engagement just the dating process well I, well this is how I look at it uh, and and this is from a biblical perspective I, I must must say uh, see I think people date for the wrong reason uh, see dating should be a prelude to marriage not just something I do because I want companionship. Dating should be synonymous to test driving a car. You don't test drive cars just to test drive them. You test drive because you intend to buy buy it. And so that's what dating should be. I intend to get married. If I want companionship, I should have friendship, you know, and that's what it should be like, friendship. So if I'm dating you, it really is a prelude to marriage because I don't need to date you to understand you. Mm-hmm. I'd be willing to bet you that you have male friends that when you were in college that you knew extremely well and you didn't date not one of them. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I don't have to date all any and female friends, too. You know, I shouldn't you know, uh, say it has to be just male. But there are people you people you work with. You, you know them extremely well, but you don't date them. Right. Because you have conversations, you talk. So if I decide to date you, I should have already made a decision which is you're who I want to marry because yeah. I've already, you know, I've, I've been friends with you long enough that I now know you well enough that, you know, you you have all those qualities I want because all of us have those predetermined qualities that we're looking for, you know? And so if we are friends, I should know if you can cook, even if we do go out to lunch, you know, if we work together, right? we should have had enough conversations where I know that you either like to cook or you, you know, you've already told me, you know, I really can put put a job on some collard greens, or I can, you know, this kind of thing, right? You know, and then you're right. And at that point, if you really are friends, at some point, you're going to eat, end up eating one of her meals. Something is going to happen, right? And, and, but at minimum, I will know she thinks she can cook, whether right. she can or not. I will know she thinks she can cook, yeah. And so I will know she thinks she can cook. I will know she likes a clean house, you know. I will know if she wants kids, you know, all those kind of things. But one major issue, Pastor, in 2017, though, I'm just going to be real. There's not a lot of quote unquote. I'm going to say single people, they're in a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. or seeing somebody. So it's actually hard to really bust through the wall because she's got a man, of, you know, whether it's a level, what I call level five man, which is mm-hmm. there or mm-hmm. level one. She's got something, you know, it's hard to get into that that mode if everybody is saying, OK, I, I'm seeking companionship and. There is no friendships because I'm I'm seeking companionship. And if I'm your friend, I'm you're going to take me out to dinner. And, you know, mm-hmm. whereas if the man. Right. They're most likely going to say, yeah, girl, I'll take you out. or We'll go to the club. I'll buy you drinks. It's still the same thing. You're still dating, even though they may say we're not dating. But if we go out mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll buy you a couple of drinks at the club or at the bar. We dating. That's a date. I, I don't see how you cannot well, say this not a date at that point. Well, I, I do. And I'm saying it this way. If the expectation is I have to buy, then you're right. But if we go out and that's not the expectation. Okay. If we go out and, you know, I may even offer, you know, but then the next time you may offer, you know, she right. may say, well, you know, right. well, I got this because you had it last time. You know, I'm saying things like that. But you're right. If I tell you, hey, let me take you out to dinner, that's one thing. But if, you know, 
I just say, hey, listen, you know, if you're not busy, a group of us are going, ex, you know, this place. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to hang with us for, you know. Right. Uh, you know, again, I, I, I kind of equate it back to when I was in college, for example. You know, I knew a lot of people that we used to hang out together, but there, we weren't dating. Right. We just hung out together because we had similar interests, you know. Right. right. And, but, and I still got to know them extremely well, but we weren't dating, you know, and, and, and because we just were friends. There are people I grew up with that mm-hmm. I knew extremely well. We right. lived on the same block and we would do things together. It might be a show come to town, let's say, and everybody would get together. Hey, listen, do you know that the four tops are coming to town? Yeah, man, listen, well, let's, let's all go, you know, so we would all go. Right. But there was no dating going on. We just all went. We were friends, you know, those kind of things. And so, you know, I, I guess that's the point I'm raising is that um, if if my sole motivation is that is 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 to um, find someone that I can be intimate with, I'm saying, see, that's what people do when they date. That's what they're really looking for. Right. Is someone so they can have sex without of marriage. Right. And my point is, that's not why you date. Yeah. You, dating should be a prelude to marriage. And I should already know if I want to buy the Chevrolet. Because if I want a Chevrolet, I have no business going to the Lexus dealership. Now, <laughs> right. Now, for the female's perspective, because society-wise, they don't have any keys to be able to drive the vehicle. Because they got to really just sit and wait for the man to say, will you marry me? I disagree with that too. Okay, so so you you feel it's okay for a woman to say, "Will you marry me?" to propose to a man? Uh, yes, and I think that most women do, you know, in their own way. Right. You don't ask a woman to marry you unless you already know she's going to say yes. That's true, and that's because she's already given you the indication. That I will say yes. So somehow there's a nonverbal, you know, I'm ready for you. You know, I'm ready to be with you permanently now. Uh, But uh, again, I I guess what I'm saying is is this, is that if we are, if if we know each other well, just by our associations, right? Mm -hmm. I also know if I'm the kind of guy that you're looking for. Right. Because, in you know, just even if you were dating somebody else, even if you're dating somebody, but you and I are friends, I still know what you don't like about the guy you're dating. That's right. What you do like about the guy you're dating and also know what you like about me and what you don't like about me. And so let's say if, if you know, we we're friends, but you, you got somebody in your life. And, and we, you know, we, we, we've been hanging out, you know, grew up together, whatever. So we know each other quite well. But you got someone. Then I can always at some point say to you, well, you know what? I just got to be honest with you. I see you as being a potential for more than just friendship. I think you're perfect marriage material. I know you have somebody in your life, but I want you to know that's how I view you, you know. And, 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 and a decision can be made right then and there, you know. So she can either say, yes, I agree with you. You know, you and I are really compatible. Or she can just say, well, I wasn't looking at you that way. All I saw you is like my little brother, right? <laughs> you know, but then it's still cut and dry. I ain't mad at you. If right. you say that's how you saw me, well, okay, we're still friends. Right. Cause, but, but yeah, but now here's the flip side of that coin though, Pastor, is if once I put myself out there, mm-hmm. right? Because you at that point, you're very vulnerable. You out there, you're by mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. And 
she she says what you said. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I looked at you as a little brother or a big brother, mm-hmm. and, you know, I won't look at you that way. And now you're just standing there. Now, at that moment, after that, I don't feel, how can relationship, the friendship stay the same without it being awkward? Because, uh, again, you can still be friends because you haven't been anything else anyway. That's right. It, it, there's been no physical relationship, you know. Not you know. It's always been you know uh, one where we just had a, you know mutual things that you know mutual friends and this kind of thing. And so we're not gonna stop going to cookouts, right? You know, because I've been around you while you're with your your man anyway. It's not like I haven't seen you with him. I've seen you holding hands. I've seen you holding on to him. Him holding on to you. So it's not. I mean, it. it, it it, it was awkward before. <laughs> I mean, in yeah. a sense, I mean, right. I wouldn't say it was awkward because right. you, you knew that going in, you know, you, you knew that going in, you know, I, I, I again, you know, I'm just saying it, that I use it as, as a, as a, I guess, um, a scenario, but I guess my point in reality is you will know, most people will know even through friendships, if that person has any interest in you, you know, yeah. it's not like it's going to be really out of left field. I just made it seem like it was out of left field. Well, it's, it's not because your your story or scenario reminds me of that, that, that uh, record by Isaac Hayes. I'm going way back on everybody. Mm-hmm. This is even before I was born. Mm-hmm. My dad loved listening to Isaac Hayes. His song was I Stand Accused. Right. You know, so I, I know it well. <laughs> <laughs> and it. What's funny in this, in this whole conversation is really, in a sense, your happiness could be staring you right in the face. Mm-hmm. And it's really up to you on how you handle it. Because if you've been friends with a female or a male for years and y'all get along, I, I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to just be, be real frank. If you're not your wife's best friend, this not gonna. It's not gonna be like all the times. Just passionate, you right. know. Just over. Oh, there's so much in love. For me, I'm. My wife is my best friend. Mm-hmm. So we go out and we have fun. Even if we're just here in the house with our kids, we're having fun. That's my best friend. Right. So it wouldn't have worked if that wasn't my best friend or at least a friend. Right. You know, it, it was very compatible. So why would it, if you're looking at a male or the, or the significant other or opposite sex and you're saying, well, we're just, that's my little brother or that's my big brother, but we get along so well, but you're miserable with the guy you're with or the girl you're with. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. And you see, you hit the nail on the head. And that's the point I'm making is that some people think that sexual compatibility is the drawing card. And that's why they don't get why down the road the passion leaves. Because the sexual compatibility, the fire is burning bright when you're just testing the water. But after you've, t- after you've been to that same water for 10 years, then mm-hmm. that's not what's going to keep it burning bright. But if you're friends, if you enjoy doing things together other than just being in the bed together, you know, if you enjoy going to games together, if you enjoy, you know, going to museums together, if you have those kind of interests, if you enjoy travel, those kind of things. See, that's going to always be fresh. It's going to always be new because you can always experience new things. You know, if you can get excited about the same football team, you know, all these kind of things. And so that and and again, that's why I'm saying, you know, if you 
you look at dating as a prelude to sex, you're right. It it, it boils down quickly. Yeah. But if it's not that way, if, if we just were great friends, if we enjoyed things, you know, together, that's what keeps it, you know, makes for a long lasting, enjoyable relationship. There are a lot of people that are miserable or I guess melancholy. Miserable is probably too strong. Melancholy in marriage. And that is because their initial focus was on lust. You know, mm-hmm. that's what kept them together. And so it was, I can't see you with anybody else. That's really what made them get married because I just can't see you with someone. Really what they couldn't see is you being physical with somebody else. Right. And so their thing was, well, okay, we need to be together forever. You know, that kind of thing. But you had nothing in common other than that, you know. Yeah. And so that, that caused things to dissipate down the road. Yeah. And, and I will say, um, using my own self as an example, um, my wife finally after round year five understood that I like football. Mm-hmm. So she was just a casual fan. Like if it was on the TV, she may glance at it. That's what I mean by casual fan. Mm-hmm. Now I see her doing things to be more of a fan and to understand the game because she so she can have something to relate with me when we're talking about when I'm talking about the football game mm-hmm. and vice versa. When she's watching something, a reality show that, you know, Real Housewives of Atlanta or something like that, I will look at it and understand what's going on. So if she ever wanted to have a conversation about it, right. I'm least knowledgeable enough about what's going on to be have a conversation about and also have an opinion about the people up there, which seems to go very well. Right. But we're communicating and in tune with one another. And I try to tell people, that look, if you understand they're into something and you might not know what it's about, but you put a little effort into it. They, they're not asking you to be an expert at what they love to do or what they're passionate right, about, right. but at least act like you care. And then you might even learn to like it and again. And, see, and that's why I think developing the friendships is more important than the dating aspect, because if we were friends, and if you think about this, people you are friends with, there's a reason. That's right. And it's, the reason is you always have the same likes and dislikes. So if I'm your friend, we already have the same likes and dislikes. I don't have to learn to like what you like. We already have those likes. You know, mm-hmm. if I meet you at the bowling alley, let's say, and I know you love to bowl. Well, and I love to bowl. That's why we, that's why we hang out, because we both love to bowl. Right. Or, you know, if I was in the sports, if I ran, if you ran track and I ran track or I played football, you know, and you play softball, we both are sports fanatics, you know, or we're in the art. It, when you meet a person on their common ground, I guess that's my point. When we're friends because we have commonalities, then we don't have to fake you know, interest with one another. It's right. already there. And so now if I already have that, once I start to date you, I'm not saying the intimacy is not important, but I'm saying that is, is more important for us to have commonalities just rather than for us to just have a lustful nature. Yes. Well, people, this is our time. Our time is uh, winding down. This is a lot of good information. So now, once again, if you have any topics that you would like for us to talk about, please go to the Enoch Baptist Church Facebook page and just send in an um, uh, inbox message and I will receive it. And we'll go over that topic or hit it on one of our 
uh, podcast uh, if it's a small topic. Sometimes people hit us with some very deep topics, and I and, and I tell Pastor that's going to take at least three podcasts <laughs> just to get through. So we try to hit at least the surface on most of our topics. But if you want us to go a little bit deeper, please hit us up on Facebook and on the inbox message. And or if you see Pastor walking around the church, just stop by and you know pull him aside real quick and then tell him he'll get the message to me. All right, Pastor, you got anything before we part? Uh, Again, it's always great to be here. And I would also say if you have any criticisms, if you think that something we're saying does not quite sit well with you, let us know. We can discuss that as well. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then also, one day we'll actually take some call-ins to the show and have somebody else appear to... to um, a female's perspective of things and see how that how well that goes with Pastor and myself. Pastor will be a little bit more reserved than me at that point, and that's when I'm going to uh, start letting my wings spread a little bit. But until then, thank you so much for joining us on Everyday Strong Podcast with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. Thank you. Until next time. <laughs>